You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of the OKC82 Podcast. I am Madison Morris, and as always, Brady Trantham is joining us this time via phone call. Uh, The Thunder take on the Orlando Magic down in Orlando tonight. We're able to pull out the win at 126-117 to despite not having Steven Adams or Terrence Ferguson. Now, this was a real interesting game because... First of all, we have Nerlens Noel in the starting lineup, which I'm a big fan of. Hamadou Diallo gets to start in for Terrence Ferguson. And uh, the, what would you call it, the resurgence of Alex Abrinas, back from the plague, <laughs> makes an yeah. appearance on the court. So, Brady, take us through this game and just tell us what went right. Oh, it was, it, it was, I think it was kind of an important win. I mean, it's, it's as important of a win that you can ever have against the Orlando Magic, just from the standpoint of, uh, Paul George mentioned it this morning at Shoot Around. Uh, Eric Horn put out the video from the Oklahoman on Twitter um, about kind of the thing that plagued this team last year, where they would beat a team like Milwaukee at home or even on the road. It, you know, it's a big win. It, the Thunder flex are able to flex their muscles and show their potential, and it's looking like, oh, okay, this team is actually a force to be reckoned with in the, in the Western Conference. And then they would follow up losing to a team like Orlando the next day, the next game. And Paul George said, you know, like, I don't think this team is that way anymore. Like, this team is focused. Um, I think his exact words were, like, we would have – we had our, we had our fair share of, of big wins, and then we'd go lay an egg. And so, from that standpoint, I thought it was incredibly important. And then even, into, like, just thinking about the game just by itself, I thought it was a good win because the Thunder start off, you know, they're down 10-2 to start the game, looking really sloppy. Paul George – um, gets two quick fouls. Um, Russell Westbrook finishes the quarter with two fouls. Like it's just a foul fest. Orlando sends Oklahoma City to the line uh, about nine or ten times, and the Thunder are able to stay <laughs> within striking distance because of the uh, foul shooting. Surprisingly, and then from there on, Paul George just went in fuego and just. I tweeted it out during the game. Like he hit this insane, like nearly behind the behind the backboard uh, and one shot where he just kind of flicked the ball up in the air and it just arced straight up and then fell straight back down to the floor going through the hoop. I thought he was going to drop 50. It, it had all the symptoms of a Paul George 50 piece, uh, but sadly for the Thunder, he scored six points. Uh, not necessarily sadly for the Thunder, but sadly for Paul George and his stat line. He only scored six points in the second half. And um, after kind of toying around with the Magic in the third, never really being able to fully get them out of the game. The Magic go on go on an insane 28-5 run, regain the lead, and it's looking like, oh, this is going to be like one of those games that Paul George mentioned where they lay this egg. And then Dennis Schroeder enters the fourth quarter with three points, drops 18 points. The Thunder regain the lead. The starters are able to come back in, and Westbrook and company are able to finish it. So from that standpoint, it's also, um, uh, I feel, a very important victory um, considering this team been playing so well for the last week and a half and now they're on a nice little three game uh, road stretch on the east coast I thought it was a very important win no very important indeed and I think it is going to get more important because I mean this kind of was a game that I think a lot of people looked at and said oh well the Thunder should win this game uh even with Al or sorry not Alex but uh Steven and Terrence out tonight I think people were still saying I mean people are I was talking to 
earlier today they were like you know this is a game the thunder should win they should have this in the bag but i mean of course what there were 11 different lead changes there were eight times the game was tied uh, I think it kind of was getting a little nervous for Thunder fans here and there, but I mean, Paul George being the freak of nature he is, uh, just played a great defense with three steals also, and like Brady was talking about how he had 31 points at the half. I think when you have a guy who steps up in the first half and really delivers like that, uh, that's really kind of a security for a team who may have a little bit of a sloppy third quarter uh, there towards the end. Brady and I were kind of talking about that before we even started the show. So, I mean, when you have guys like Paul George having a first half like that, but then you have someone like Dennis Schroeder coming in and giving you a final quarter with 18 points to secure a sixth straight win, especially when maybe you struggled a little bit, especially being down two starters in Orlando. You know, you can't really look at the magic and say, oh, I'm going to count this game as a easy win. You know, you have to approach every game the same way. And the players have said that multiple times. So, you know, having guys like Paul George and Dennis Schroeder have the nights that they do, that's really going to be what people look at. I mean, of course, Russell Westbrook has a triple-double, but that's just kind of becoming a regular thing. So it's not really anything to write a big old story about. But I don't know. I think that's really cool when you have Paul George delivering like he does in the first half, just being on fire from everywhere, and then Dennis Schroeder coming in to clean up a little bit and secure the win. Yeah, I mean, it it speaks to the depth of this team, and that's the big difference going back the last few years. Uh, You know, if the Thunder, you know, and Russell Westbrook's MVP year, if Russell Westbrook has a half where he scores 30 points and then the second half he follows that up with a six-point performance, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of, of examples of that team still winning that particular ball game. And even last year, the depth is a little bit better. Um, the talent has increased a little bit. There's some internal development with guys like Jeremy Grant getting better, guys like Alex Brinas getting better, but still it's not exactly the depth that you want, especially uh, in terms of the bigs, the five and the four position. Um, but tonight, you know, kind of what you said with Dennis Schroeder's 18 points, you know, that's, that is a, that is a weapon that this team has. And on any given night, Dennis Schroeder is capable of doing this. Dennis Schroeder has been doing this for the last four years in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's, he is a capable and very, very good, consistent scorer in the NBA at the point guard position. So it should surprise nobody, but I, I think, um, one of the little things that I, that I was impressed with with this game was it was just another example example of Nerlens Noel uh, stepping up to the plate and delivering when he has to. I mean, everyone remembers that first game that he had to start when Steven Adams was out, mm-hmm. and that first Phoenix game um, at the beginning of the year where he has a twenty point fifteen rebound performance, does what the Thunder need to do in order to get their first one of the year. Today, with no Steven Adams, um, five blocks, five huge blocks. And they were blocks that erased five for sure. They were going to drop buckets, and the Thunder went by nine. He erased ten points just right there. So just, you know, guys all over the floor made, you know, you look at the box score, there's not that much um, scoring, uh, not, not that much of a scoring balance in terms of everybody was in double digits like it has been the last few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abdul Nader has five. Hamadou Diallo has seven. Patrick didn't, um, Patrick didn't score. Alex Abrinas hit one of two threes, so that was a good good sight to see considering he hasn't been playing in a month. The depth of this team, it, it's certainly a strength, and it's only a good thing when you think about you know long road trips like the Thunder are in. You can have guys like Schroeder pop up and, and save you in a fourth quarter. You can have guys like Abdul Nader, who's already done this before. He's already helped save the Thunder in that second Phoenix road win uh, earlier in the year where he had uh, 18 points. Without those 18 points, 
know, that ball game could be completely different. So it seems like every every time the Thunder are kind of in a toss-up road game, you can always point to one guy not named Paul George or Russell Westbrook as, mm-hmm. okay, that was really good for the Thunder. But one more thing before um, we get into um, something else. I, I really, <laughs> and it, it, was, it was kind of funny, I'm really excited that Alex Green has played. <laughs> because now, now my mentions will be free of any Alex Sabrina's conspiracies about him being sick with conspiracies. Some play. <laughs> um, you know, I I don't even want to repeat some of the weird stuff I've seen over the last month. So I'm just, let's just say I'm glad to see that he's back. And <laughs> it seems very apparent that since he's been active the last few games, it was basically just a, a matter of him not being in conditioning shape, which mm-hmm. you can you can understand he was sick for you know, three or four weeks, um, it, it was always like he was out due to a sickness. Mm-hmm. And then he's active all of a sudden, or then he's out for the personal reasons, and then all of a sudden he's active. I would probably safely assume if you're sick for that long, you're probably not in the best shape in, in terms of playing basketball in the NBA. So I think it's fairly apparent that the Thunder tried to ease him back in, got almost six minutes today. That'll probably increase as time goes on Mm -hmm. and hopefully he's able to stay healthy so it's good to see uh, Alex back on the floor something I've been thinking and this is me just taking a guess rather than making a statement but I mean the more I kind of think about it and I really like what you just said about he's probably just trying to regain his health and his strength that he probably lost during a sickness it might have been something like mono because I don't know about you guys and I don't know about you Brady but I have witnessed a lot of people with mono and they're out for a good like three weeks to a month and they are just weak. They can't eat very much. They can't move around a lot. So, I mean, it could have been something along those lines where it really just like ripped all the strength away from him. I mean, I don't know. So, um, but yeah, I agree with you. I was super stoked to see Alex Sabrina's back on the floor tonight. Um, I mean, like Brady said, I think that's a good sign. He did only make one of his shots tonight and it was his three-pointer to give him three points but you know that's kind of something that Alex Abrinas is brought in to do that's kind of his his thing his niche if you may so I mean it's good to see that he's at least still able to hit those and of course that's going to strengthen as he continues to work on it and build his health back whatever's going on I don't know but kind of to the point of Nerlens being back in the starting lineup this was something I was very happy about because I, I will tell anybody on this. I'll tell a stranger on the street. Nerlens <laughs> is one of my favorite players on this roster right now just because of his his versatility and the way that he has been able to mesh with this group so much and the fact that he had the mindset of wanting to help the Thunder. And that's why he was able to blend in with them so much and come in. So, you know, my thing about Nerlens is, yes, of course, that Suns game when he was able to drop like, what, 21 or something something close to that and he was just a scoring monster I mean obviously he picks up 12 tonight that's still a great thing like Brady said his five blocks were crucial for this team win but the thing about Nerlens is people shouldn't totally freak out when they see guys like Terrence Ferguson and Steven Adams taking a seat for the night dealing with back spasms and tweaked right ankles and all that good stuff uh, because you know this is actually just kind of an opportunity to put guys like Nerlens and put guys like Hamadou and put them in more of like a game time pressure to and that kind of helps them evolve that helps their game evolve and that's how they're going to become better players so I think it's good to take better caution with players like Steven Adams and Terrence Ferguson maybe it wasn't the 
worst back spasms in the world, but it was a good thing to see those two guys sit tonight. The Thunder was still able to get the win, even with Nerlens and Hami in the lineup. So, I don't know. I just thought that was really that that was a good call just by this team as a whole. And I think Nerlens, he's just going to keep developing. Obviously, we've kind of joked around, not necessarily like jokes, but we've kind of said, you know, Hami's kind of hit that rookie wall, and I think he's going to come out of it. But putting him in the starting lineup is the perfect way for him to get out of that. So seeing just the development of these two and the way that they mesh in with the starting lineup when they're put out there, I think it's a good thing for this team and how they're going to evolve as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, Hami, uh, Diallo... Haven't played the last two games. Just you know, coach's decision did not play for whatever reason. It might be just you know, it might just be to what Billy was saying. Uh, I can't remember what it was a week or so ago when uh, uh, somebody asked him during a pregame presser about like why his minutes have started to slowly decrease. Why hasn't he um, been uh, you know been active in some games or whatever? And Billy just said, you know, it's, he's been scouted and mm-hmm. guys know how to go combat him and defend him. But th- this is this was another example. Like he he didn't do anything spectacular tonight. He only had seven points. Um, did did fair. He did okay on defense. Nothing nothing to write home about. He didn't get blown by in a, in a lot in a lot of sequences that, that I can remember. He did what he does best on the offensive end. He's really athletic. Um, he knows how to use his athleticism to his advantage. There was one sequence, however, where he <laughs> he got blocked twice. Uh, in the same offensive possession, he got his own rebound and then got blocked again. So um, <laughs> that's gonna, that'll that'll happen to rookies every um, every once in a while. But you know, it does speak to kind of what we've been talking about this whole show about the Thunder's depth and their ability to have guys like Hamadou step up because, like I said, he hasn't played in two games. Then he starts tonight and doesn't get destroyed. That's <laughs> so, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a good thing. I mean, for as well as Terrence Ferguson is playing right now and he's playing exceptionally well. Uh, there were moments last year where um, Terrence didn't see the floor for, you know, three or four or five games in, in a row. Then the second he gets thrown out there, he'd pick up two quick fouls, have to sit out quickly, and then probably never see the floor again because mm-hmm. of that. So, you know, every rookie is different. Every player is different. But Hami seems to be wired a little bit differently in terms of he, he can sit down but then be ready. And Nerlens is kind of the same way. I mean, this this team is just filled with, just versatility and guys that are ready to do anything at any point at any point during a game before a game it's uh it's pretty fun to watch so Bree, i want to get your take on this i was kind of curious what did you think i mean obviously we kind of talked a bit about alex only being out there for a little under six minutes how do you think he looked just like how he uh, played how he looked physically was he in like how do you think he was really focused on the game if any at all well, he looked he looked fine in, in his two shot attempts. Like it did, like it, the shot, the the shooting stroke looked the same. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wasn't really out there long enough to give like like I don't want to give like a damning report on him because the second he walked out onto the floor, I just was like, "What, Alex is that? What? That was pretty unceremonious." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it took me my brain to register to completely follow what he was doing, like coming off the screen. Um, you know, Alex he's made strides defensively but he's still not probably where the thunder want him to be completely uh, especially if he's going to go through a shooting slump like he was prior to missing all these games mm-hmm. if he's going to be missing shots like that he needs to defend and he wasn't defending at the time so his minutes were going to decrease regardless he just needs to start hitting shots but 
you know, he comes out and I probably, my brain probably has like the preconceived notion that, okay, well, he hasn't been playing because he's out of shape because he hasn't played basketball in a month. Um, you know, so I don't want to, I don't want to taint my, <laughs> I don't want to taint my thoughts on Alice's six minutes. But, right. Um, the Thunder do a good job of bringing their guys along. They, they do a good job about rushing players back. Um, I mean, you and I covering this team for the last few years, we could probably, you know, have a little bit, probably have a little bit of medical knowledge considering all the injuries and all the, is so-and-so <laughs> going to be back today? And right. then you kind of look at the schedule and say, okay, they're probably going to come back for this game. Like, we're, we're pretty knowledgeable at that point just covering mm-hmm. this team. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Nader's minutes start to slowly decrease. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Nader's, I mean, he had, a, he had a few moments tonight. He hit a big three in that third quarter that kept the Thunder at arm's length and, you know, kept kept the Magic from blowing the game wide open when it looked like they were going to do that. And, um, you know, every little every guy chipped in a little bit. And we've kind of we kind of buried another lead tonight. Russell Westbrook had an incredible game. We haven't even and talked was, about Russ. Yeah, and he was efficient. <laughs> he was everything basketball nerds wanted him to be. He was 7-12 on the floor. Only took two three pointers, hit one of them, and hey. it was it was off of a it was off off of a very nice Paul George Euro step across, across the lane, uh, dish out to Russell Westbrook wide open on at the elbow, hit hit him in stride. Russell shot it in rhythm and nailed it. Nice. Uh, fourteen assists, fourteen rebounds, his seventeenth triple double on the year, um, and it just kind of looked like vintage Russell Westbrook. And there were a few moments in the Milwaukee game the other night where I tweeted out like wow, this looks like vintage Russell Westbrook because he get, gets a rebound, goes coast to coast, and, and finishes. And mm-hmm. he's, had, he's had his problems, you know, all over the floor shooting. But um, while everyone wants to focus on the broken mid-range jumper, like what it's really bothered me is just his inability to either finish at the rim, hit foul shots if he gets the, if he gets the call, or recently, and especially against Milwaukee, it seems like he runs the paint with the ball with the um, – mentality of trying to find Stephen Adams for a backdoor pass mm-hmm. and he's it, it just seems like there have been so many situations where it looks like he's lost his aggression in that standpoint of trying to attack the attack the rim and score in the paint tonight was not bad this looked exactly like Russell Westbrook from last year from the year before mm-hmm. it was a vintage Russell Westbrook game and um, it's it's just another example of you and I are so you can have a game like this and it's just like oh yeah we're like 18 minutes into our podcast and i guess we should i guess we should talk about him now yeah we didn't even say a word about russell westbrook and we've definitely been going for exactly 19 minutes now so Ooh, that, was good. that was yeah that was actually a really good guess um so yeah no good for russ and i agree that he has been looking like a vintage russell westbrook especially from last season when he kind of was having to carry a lot of the load on his own shoulders so this was this is awesome. I mean, I think this is kind of, I might be spitting fire right now, so I apologize if I like jinx it and I'm totally wrong, but I think this is kind of the kickstart to Russell falling back into what he used to be, really. And when I say used to be, I'm not saying, oh, like four scores and seven years ago, like this was a long time ago. No, I mean, like it's not really a new thing for Russ. I think it kind of just took him some time to kickstart what he is capable of doing. And I think, yeah, that. I think Thunder fans will look back at this and say, well, that sucks. It took him like three to four months to actually do that. But, you know, at the same time, I think this is a great time for Russ if he's going to sprout out from the depths of, you know, bad, inefficient Russ 
and come back to being efficient and being a powerful player and being a dangerous player and someone who is just all around talented and making good choices on the court, making good shots, making good moves, seeing the court the way that he needs to see it so he can pass it out efficiently and utilize his teammates. You know, if he's going to start doing that now, this is a great time. They're going into February. Uh, Things are really going to start mattering just as much as, I mean, obviously they should have been mattering all season, but now they're going to really matter. Like they're are not going to be any more excuses for throwing away lazy games. So if Russell's going to sprout out right now, I think this is the time for him to do it. Yeah, and, um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? I thought I was going to say something kind of important. Uh, this, is what, this is what happens when you, when you try to read stuff on Twitter to uh, back up <laughs> what you're going to say. Um, I, well, actually, now I remember. If the Thunder want to get to where they want to want to be if they want to get to the western conference finals if they want to try and possibly contend for an nba championship they have to have russ westbrook score at, mm-hmm. the, at the rate that we've seen him score for his entire career now they can they can get around and having you know a five of 20 performance like he did the other night against milwaukee they can get around that and they can still win you know a random game in the postseason um if he doesn't shoot the ball well the center have won a lot of postseason games with russ westbrook not shooting the ball well but even when he doesn't shoot well, he typically scores, you know, 25-plus points a game. This year, he's not just been shooting poorly. He's been having trouble just putting the ball through the hoop, regardless whether it's from three-point line, two-point range, and in the paint, or at the foul line. So, I mean, they can get around the regular season with Paul George playing at an MVP level, but um, and, they can, and they can say, like, you know, we can, this proves that we can win in a multitude of ways, and that's great. Like, those are good things. Those are good habits that you want to that you want to work on and build regular season. But again, mm-hmm. if the Thunder want to get to where they want to be, like Russell needs to be Russell Westbrook. And I, I kind of agree, I want to agree with you because this has been one of the more impressive stretches of Russell Westbrook's season mm-hmm. these last few games, and it's come against quality competition. Um, I want to see a little bit more before we start saying, oh, okay, like it, it's all good. Not, all that business from the last few months didn't matter. Like right. he's back now. But this is a very good opportunity for Russell to start getting into rhythm, heading into uh, the All-Star break, and then ultimately post-All-Star break regular season when teams, quote-unquote, start taking it seriously. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. No, but yeah, all, all around, I think this is a good stretch for the Thunder. I mean, obviously they've won six straight. That's kind of a relief for Thunder fans who were kind of, I don't know, throwing in the towel, watching them lose to some bad games like Atlanta and the Lakers back-to-back, but... I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, Friday's game against the Miami Heat? I think that's going to be a good game, but I think the real test is going to come Sunday when they have to be in Boston. Um, Miami plays well. They're they're one of those teams that is a night and day different team when they're at home than than they're on the road. Um, they're trying to integrate Goran Dragic back into the starting lineup. They've had Justice Winslow running point, and they've had a lot of success with Winslow running the point. So it's going to be kind of a little bit of a um, I guess a chemistry issue in terms of like how they're going to run their lineups. But Miami is a team that you can't really sleep on, especially if Steven Adams isn't able to go again. You know, Hassan Whiteside will just be able to, in theory, have his way in the paint. Um, I, I'm not necessarily familiar with the Heat's uh, injury report right now. I know they just lost Derek Jones the other night, who's carried, carried off the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've got talent. They're a, they're a tough, scrappy team. Eric Spolster is one of the better coaches in the league. They're just a team you can't sleep on. 
Um, the good news for the Thunder is, you know, they sit down Terrence Burks and Stephen Adams tonight um, for, with, you know, minor injuries. They have three days off to rest. So I, unless it's something very serious with Terrence Burks, and I would, I would be shocked if he doesn't play Friday night. I would also be shocked if Stephen Adams doesn't play mm-hmm. Friday night. But ankle, ankle sprains are different for everybody on, everybody on earth. Especially for a guy that's seven foot tall and <laughs> 455 pounds of solid muscle and eats 200 pounds of food every day. So, yeah, what, what do I know about his anatomy? Oh, gosh. Well, I guess only time will tell. But with that, we can actually get to some, some questions. We have some good ones tonight. So, uh, yes, we'll we start do. with uh, one of our faves, all time listener, Cody McChicken. He always comes through with the questions. So, shout out to at Cody McChicken <laughs> on Twitter. He rock. Uh, he asks us, this kind of goes with what we were just talking about, but he asks us predictions for how far the streak will go. And I, my only prediction right now is I think that, like I kind of said, I think Sunday is going to be the biggest test. If they're able to get that win over Boston on Sunday, I think that's really going to tell a lot about this team and how far they can go. I mean, I think Thunder Communications tweeted out while we were recording that the Thunder right now are the second longest winning streak in the league so I mean that's great for them and I am eager to see how far that will go my predictions is just you know whatever Sunday is going to bring with the Celtics I think that'll be a huge test because I don't know you can't really sleep on the Celtics team especially with guys performing the way they are over in Boston so I think Miami will also be a great game I could be totally wrong and being a little too optimistic saying that Boston's going to be the real test but I mean, like I said, time's going to tell, and that's just my prediction for right now. Yeah, they the Thunder won their when they won their first game of the year. They won on a seven game win streak um, all the way up until you know Russell Westbrook rolled his ankle against New Orleans. The Thunder won two or three more games, and they finally got beaten Dallas uh, back in November. Uh, this is their six, they're currently on a six game winning streak. So yeah, I think that's what the Thunder were talking about the second uh, largest winning streak of the season for the Thunder personally. And I also was wrong about Drogic for the Miami Heat. Um, I guess I just totally misread something the other day. Um, Drogic had surgery on his right knee, and he's expected to be out until around the uh, return after the All-Star break. So he will be out for the Miami Heat. Uh, Like I said, Derek Jones had to leave the game yesterday, uh, or the other day, excuse me. He's out for about six weeks. So um, the Heat will be without a lot of their talent. But um, in terms of the win streak, it's so hard to predict things in the NBA because one of the factors that's going to be playing into this, because as good as, as good as it is that the Thunder are going to have three days rest after a good win, um, being able to rest even Allen Terrence Ferguson, they're also going to be spending two or three nights in Miami. <laughs> and I don't know if any, I don't know if everybody remembers the second game of the year. Um, the Thunder, of course, opened the game of uh, the season up with a game in Oakland on ring ceremony night for the Warriors. And they played on a Tuesday night, I believe. And then they didn't play again until Friday or Saturday in L.A. against the Clippers. And the Thunder looked okay for a half. And then they completely forgot how to play basketball in the fourth quarter and ultimately lost. And it was because they probably spent a lot of time out in L.A. because L.A. nightlife remains undefeated. <laughs> so there's there's always that factor that, you know, you can't really predict. You can't really foresee how that's going to affect certain teams, certain players. But on paper... The Thunder should win Friday night. The big kicker is, can they overcome a very talented Boston roster that is dealing with some internal issues, let's just say, 
not living up to their potential or to their hype in accordance to them or their fans. So that'll be a fun game. But really, they they just need to have a positive. Um, they just need to have a positive momentum heading into the All Star break, and that's all that I care about. If I'm um, rooting for this team or even covering this team, if if they want to do all the things that they think that they can do, they just need to be a, in a positive momentum heading into the All Star break. For sure, and uh, this. <laughs> United North End, North End, North End United. We'll go with that. He asks us, do we like soccer? Um, I don't watch soccer. I'm going to be totally honest. I really <laughs> don't. I've tried watching soccer. I, I'll watch the World Cup. Is that what it's called? I don't even know. I really like watching the World Cup, and I'll also be honest, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world, um, but I have always wanted to go to a OKC Energy game. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like baseball, where if you're in – the stadium it's a much different experience than watching it on tv oh yeah so um yeah i've always been open to checking out a soccer game i've never really had uh, i guess the friends around me that are like yeah let's go check out a soccer game so maybe someday maybe yeah some, i'll go check out somebody, a soccer game sometime maybe somebody that listens to the podcast can uh, buy me a ticket and take me with them for sure so um, we'll see about the soccer but levi at levi with lots of numbers uh, he asks us, do you think why the Thunder have been allowing so many points lately is because they are focusing more on offense? And he also wants to know who we're picking to win the Super Bowl. Hmm. I, I, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, even though I don't want the Patriots to win. Um, I, I think the Rams are still a little bit away, and I don't know what Todd Gurley is going to be doing. I, he didn't. He barely played in the NFC Championship game, so... If, if that's going to be the same case, then I don't want to pick the Rams to win. So I guess the Patriots, who you got? Um, so I'm actually going for the Rams uh, because a couple of my friends who played OSU football are on the Rams right now. Uh, my, oh, there you go. One of my really good friends, Ramon Richards, this is his rookie year on the Rams, and he's super excited to be in the Super Bowl his first year on the team. So I'm, like, super excited. And also I saw, like, this super funny video on Twitter of Sean McVay's uh, sideline person who has to pull him off the field to keep oh, him from yeah, getting run over. Back. The homie back coach. Honestly, that was the funniest thing I have seen in a very <laughs> long time, and you have my vote because you have one of those. Co- no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, I, I I would like to see the Rams win it. I think that'd just be kind of cool. I mean, no no hate on Tom Brady. I respect the hell out of that guy. I think he's a great football player, and I, I think the Patriots are awesome. But I don't know. I'd kind of like to see a little change up. That's just the way I am because I don't really watch the NFL too much, but – I'd like to see the Rams win it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, upset if you end up being correct. But <laughs> with the uh, the first part of the question, yes, the Thunder's offensive rating has increased steadily in the last month and a half, and the defensive rating has kind of mirrored mirrored it on the opposite end. It's decreased a little bit. Overall, they're still a top three or top five defensive rating team um, for the entire year. Uh, offensive rating overall throughout the year they're still kind of a bottom half of the league um you know there's always going to be that ebb and flow and billy donovan talks about it a lot there's always going to be that ebb and flow when you're trying to integrate guys and develop guys their shots are going to start falling and then other things might falter as a result and their whole their whole you know company line is just trying to bottle it all up find the consistency and then throw it all out there and i think with terrence like he's found it now he's he's not going to be shooting 40 percent for the entire year but he has such a confidence in him that um i don't foresee a lot of 0 for 2 0 for 1 no 
not having a shot attempt for three quarter games out of Terrence Ferguson for the foreseeable future. So that mm-hmm. should help the Thunder's offense uh, tremendously. Um, I think the other thing is just simply it's January and teams don't care about basketball in January. Like that's when you see good teams play sloppily. Um, you hear it every year from guys in the league. I mean, Kevin Durant a few years ago called it um, called January the basement of the NBA. That's just how the league views it. So some things are going to go by the wayside. You're not always going to be crisp every single night. So um, if we're in March and we're still having this conversation, then I think it would be kind of safe to get worried. But um, this team is so talented defensively that the, the defense is going to be fine and the offense can only get better. Heck yes. Uh, Melinda Redman, she asks us, which bench bench player is the most essential? And then she goes on to say, all seem to bring something different, but Noel Schroeder and even sometimes Nader make huge contributions. I'm not sure yet who I think we can't do without, but Dennis and Nerlens, though, or between Dennis and Nerlens, though. Um, Honestly, my two takes is I don't see one player being the most essential out of the others. I think the bench unit this year has just been phenomenal. I mean, there have been obviously some games where maybe it hasn't been um, as phenomenal, if you may, but I I mean, I don't really, I'm not going to look. Obviously, Schroeder is the shooter of the bench. That's no, I mean, that's no secret. And Noel, he's someone who obviously they put him out there tonight and he made huge contributions on defense, and that's awesome. I think Nader is improving game by game. And, uh, I mean, like we said, Hamadou, he's he's valiant out there. He doesn't have kind of that rookie timidness. He kind of just goes out there. He plays like a vet. He yells at the refs like a vet. Hell, he yells at players like a vet. I mean, I just – I really like Hami. But I think there's no one player I would say is absolutely essential. I think as a whole they're creating this dominant bench unit, and that's super great for the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good – you get a good trade-off when Schroeder and um, – with Schroeder and Noel coming off the bench because you look at the per 100 possessions defensively for Noel, and he just – it just jumps off the uh, computer screen when you look at him. I mean, he he's so good defensively for this team. And sadly, offensively, he kind of is not – it's not as eye-popping, let's just say. With Schroeder, you know what he brings. He's a scorer. He's a score-first uh, point guard. He gives the Thunder another slasher, another guy that the defense has to worry about offensively. It allows Billy Donovan to, um, if he so want, if he so so chose to, sit Russell Westwood for extended periods of time because Dennis Schroeder is a starting caliber point guard in the league. Even though Schroeder and Westbrook play their fair share of minutes together on the floor, anyway, you, you get a good trade off with both Schroeder and Noel. But um, I, I think, and like this, this is going to be hot take ish, and I don't mean it to. I think the world of Dennis Schroeder, he's so important to this team, and it was such a great trade for Sam Presti to make. It made this team uh, tremendously better. But I feel like with this, the way the, the question is being asked, who's more essential, I think Nerlens. I, I think it's Nerlens just because of what he brings defensively and because what we've seen in these last few years um, in terms of the uh, backup center position behind Steven Adams. And I, I, I also don't want to trash in his canter, but once you got into the postseason, Stephen Adams essentially had no backup other than a young Jeremy Grant who was being forced to play the five out of necessity. 
and just a who's who of like, eh, I mean, you got Tyler Davis, Dakari Johnson, you got G League guys, fringe NBA guys. Not exactly who you want backing up a guy that's going to be playing 38 minutes a night in Steven Adams. So I think because of all those factors, I want to say Nerland's Noel, but I do not want to be, I don't want to be accused of thinking Dennis Schroeder isn't important as I think he is. No, I like it. Uh, this question, I like this question. Um, I actually got ripped on Twitter the other yesterday about this question, so we can talk about it a little bit. But Who ripped you? Everybody! Just randoms. <laughs> but at Ravana OKC, uh, she or he asks us, will Katie get booed at Nick's jerseys ret- or jersey retirement? And they also want to know what do you think or what we think the energy's chances are this year. <laughs> well, we actually have somebody at the franchise, Mr. Chisholm Holland, who works for the Energy, so I hope they win all their games, let's just say. <laughs> Heck yeah, go Energy. Um, oh, I actually wrote about this today on the FranchiseOK.com, and it got a lot of, let's just say, feedback. <laughs> it got a lot of feedback today. Um, I, I personally am happy that Kevin Durant is going to be in the arena. I think it's a really cool gesture. I think it's just a really cool situation because if you just take out all the heat, it's not that he went to the Warriors, it's that it's how he left. If you take out all that business, if you take out all the kind of the salty, sad feelings, and I, I, I completely understand them. I'm not condemning Thunder fans for being mad at Kevin Durant. If you take all that out, it's just a cool, it's a cool situation. A top player in the world is going to a team he used to play for to honor a guy who's not even going to—he's never going to be a Hall of Fame guy. He—he's not going to be anybody—a guy that anybody remembers nationally, unless you're in Oklahoma or in Kansas. Mm-hmm. So, I, if you just look at it that way, I think it's, that it's really cool. But then, if you add all that, I think—and this is what I wrote about today—I um, think years from now, this is going to be seen as like Kevin Durant going to Oklahoma, going back to Oklahoma City that night. I think it's going to be seen as that's when both parties were able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from what I've heard from people, um, Royce Young was on a podcast uh, earlier, and he said, the Thunder aren't going to make a big deal about Kevin Durant being there. They're not going to acknowledge, like, they're not going to have him walk onto the floor and say, please welcome back Kevin Durant. They're not <laughs> that dumb. They're not, they're not trying to walk themselves into a situation where, things can get ugly right um kevin is just simply going to a jersey retirement of a guy he played nine years in the nba with and nine very important years of um of his um you know initial years into the nba collison is incredibly important to him collison wants him to be be there so i don't think anybody should really sneeze at that because this is collison's night after all and it's not as if Kevin Durant woke up one day, decided he wanted to go to this, and then called Adrian Wojnarowski and said, hey, I'm going to go do this. I want to make it about me. Right. So these, these guys at, probably asked Kevin because they know how important Collison is to Kevin Durant in his career, asked him what his thoughts were, asked if he'd like to go to the event because the Warriors aren't playing that night, and then he was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Kevin Durant for better or for worse, will always answer your question. Now, he may not always give you the 100% truth, but he'll give you an answer. <laughs> and I think it's just one of those situations where he's like, yeah, I'm going to go, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah, and I agree. So, literally, my only two takes on this is I am, I'm happy 
that Kevin Durant is coming back, and I agree with him coming back just because I think it is a nice sign of respect. And like Brady said, he played with Nick Collison. He His career just turned into what it was with Nick Collison by his side as a teammate. I think it, people would look back, and yeah, they might be mad about it now, but if you really do think about it, it kind of would look even worse if Kevin Durant was invited or if he was encouraged to come and he just said, nah, like, I don't want to go back. So... I don't know. I think people are just going to be unhappy either way, and that's fine. Like, I I mean, I agree. I think Thunder fans have the right, and it's okay to be upset with, you know, what Kevin Durant did leaving for the Warriors and whatever. But honestly, I think it's just one of those moments. Like, it's a time to celebrate Nick Collison and just everything he gave to the Thunder organization and not worry about guys like Kevin Durant coming back because, honestly, it's a sign of respect. I think it's great for him to be back. Um, do I think he'll get booed? Of course. I think he will. I'm not going to be like, no, he's not going to get booed. Let's be realistic here. There's going to be, or there will be a couple of people, maybe even a large group of people in the arena that night who are not going to be happy if he is brought up on the big screen or recognized in some small way. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's the reality of it. I think, yes, he'll get booed, but I don't, I personally am not furious about the fact that he's coming back i don't know if i answered the question right but i just i I agree with him coming back i think it's the right thing to do and it's a it's a very nice sign of respect i think the other thing and it's kind of thing that i i look like how i view the whole situation is at some point whether that's next year five years from now ten years from now at some point kevin durant's eight years in oklahoma city are going to be recognized not just by national you know nba folks that don't really have a say in the matter in terms of whether they rooted for the Thunder or not, it's going to be recognized by the Thunder themselves. And mm-hmm. they've kind of they've, they've kind of been a little bit more open to, uh, I guess, recognizing um, publicly and visually that past. Because I don't know, if Madison, if you got to see it, that um, cool little 10 years of Thunder basketball, like two-minute video they put out a few months ago. Oh, are you kidding? Um, I cried my eyes out watching it. It was deep yeah, stuff. Right. That was great. You know, there was, you know, Kevin Durant highlights all, all mm-hmm. over it. And, you know, Kevin Durant, he's he's a future Hall of Famer. He's, he has every he, – if he's healthy, God willing, if he's healthy, he might lead the NBA in all-time scoring. Like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is a different generational level of talent that we're talking about. We're talking about guys like Kareem, talking about guys like Michael Jordan, Magic, LeBron James. Kevin Durant might be in that situation, that category, you know, 10, 15, 12 years from now when he's done playing basketball. Oh, for sure. Oklahoma City has a Oklahoma City has a big part in that history. So at some point, this is all going to be recognized. At some point, the Thunder are going to retire Kevin Durant's jersey. Mm-hmm. When is it going to be? I don't know. But it needs to start somewhere. And I think, I think, you know, him going to Oklahoma City for this jersey retirement is a step in that direction. And yeah, I don't think the Thunder are going to put him on the Jumbotron. I don't think they're going to have him publicly recognized. He'll probably just be somewhere down in the tunnel watching the game and maybe in a suite somewhere. Um, Protected. Probably, no, I'm just kidding. He'll be, <laughs> he'll be in the arena, but and the players will certainly know that he's there, and he'll probably go ham it up with some of his old teammates and old coaching staff and front office, I'm sure. But, you know, it's just it's a cool little moment of, like, this is where – this is where it begins. It's another step in the Thunder fan healing process. It could be. Yeah, no, and it is cool. So uh, our last question of the night comes from Hindi Season, and that is S-Z-N. I love it. And he is at Logan Hindi on Twitter. He says, 
or asks us, is Russ passing the torch to PG by simmering down the shot attempts or just being more mindful of team makeup? Um, it's a little tough. I mean, tonight it's it's easy to answer because he only took 12, 12 shots, and it seemed like most of them were in the paint. He was driving to the driving through the lane a lot. Um, it's really hard to kind of give an answer to a question like this because you know Russell will have a seven or twelve game like he like he has tonight. He's had games like this this season in a season where he shot historically bad. But then he'll follow it up with like a five of twenty performance where he jacks up twenty shots or mm-hmm. a, a two for nine three point performance game. Like Russell Westbrook is still the leader of this team. Russell Westbrook is still the best player on this team. Paul George just happens to be having an MVP caliber year, and then by definition is having a better year than Russell Westbrook. But mm-hmm. Westbrook is still averaging a triple double. This team will only go as far um, postseason wise as Westbrook allows them because like, he's the best player on the team. Um, but I think you're seeing a little bit more flushing out of, of the Russell Westbrook-Paul George chemistry that you were probably really accustomed to seeing with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. You know, I know the whole narrative is Russell Westbrook held Kevin Durant back. Um, there was a lot of ISO basketball. There was a lot of my turn, your turn. But Russell Westbrook helped Grant developed as much as KD helped Russ develop. They had a great chemistry together, and it came from just playing for playing with each other for seven, eight years. And in year two, going into year two with Paul George, I think you're seeing a little bit of that. Um, they're both great players. They're both all-star caliber players. Uh, Paul George playing like a top ten guy this season. I think you're just seeing that that I guess that internal development of chemistry between the two of them. And you're going to have nights like this and. It looks pretty a lot of times. Sometimes it looks a little head-scratching, but um, <laughs> this year it's worked, it's worked really well for him. No, it has worked well, and, I mean, I agree. I think I don't really see this as Russ, quote-unquote, passing the torch onto Paul. I think he's just realizing that, you know, he has guys that are capable of playing with the same energy that he does. He has guys that are capable of pulling out successful games for the Thunder. He, he's even said it multiple times. This, this is not, like, me saying this. This is Russ. He said that this team is very well-rounded this year. Uh, he is able to rely on guys like Paul George and Steven Adams and Jeremy Grant, and he's seen such, you know, good spurts of energy. I'm so lost for words right now, but I really think, basically what I'm trying to say is I think Russ is realizing that he doesn't have to just carry the show anymore, and that's helping him relax a little bit more. So just because he's not coming out with the most points at the end of the game he's not making the most difficult shots he's not you know being the one that saves the day after every single game that doesn't mean he's totally passed the torch on to someone else it means that he has help and that he is capable of just doing what he needs to do and he's still leading the thunder to win and so I think it's great honestly I think Paul George right now is doing a great job and I've said that on every single podcast so (laughs) good for them you did it you did a great job tonight, Madison. You did as well, Brady. Brady is oh, a super hard worker. So we get, honestly, we get three days off. Woo! That's yeah. gonna be great. I'm actually pretty excited about that. But I think Friday <laughs> will be awesome. So, um, actually, a little bit of breaking news. Not <laughs> it's not breaking news at all. Uh, I will not be in attendance for this podcast on Friday. You will be joined with the awesome Chisholm Holland and, of course, Brady. 
and they will be hosting the post-game show. So that's going to be super rad. And yeah, uh, you won't have to hear my tune voice. Tune in, everybody. Download the apps to all of our foreign friends from Australia and New Zealand that listen to this podcast. Thank Do you it. guys so much. And follow us on Twitter because we always retweet it from at FranchiseOK and follow at FranchiseOK. So it is at Brady Does Sports and at Madison Morris, M-A-D-Y-S-S-O-N. That was probably really fast. But, yeah, <laughs> just follow us on Twitter. We do some uh, we do some good stuff. Brady has some awesome articles, and I try to post some videos, you know? So we do some good stuff. And, of course, we always tweet out the podcast. So do it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, like I said, the Thunder take this win, their sixth straight win at 126 to 117 over the Orlando Magic. They will have three days off before they head to Miami to get spicy with the heat, and that will be a good game. And they will also continue on the road to face Boston on Super Bowl Sunday. So let's go. That's Super Bowl Sunday, right? Yes, yes. Football. Football, which Football. we don't talk yes. anything about. So. <laughs> Yeah, listen to our podcast on Sunday. Then you can go eat your queso and watch some football. But it's going to be awesome. So thank you so much, everybody, for your questions and contributing. And Brady and I thoroughly enjoy rambling about Thunder basketball for you all. So thank you guys so much. Uh, Tune in Friday. It'll be awesome. And we will see you then.